Now, if you were here last Sunday, we had a wonderful service. We were talking with our um, Ecuador missions team. They were kind of sharing what God had done in them and through them on our recent missions trip to Ecuador. Well, the cool thing is, this morning we're going to kind of continue that conversation about what God's doing through Connect Church, not just globally, but locally. So uh, we've got a wonderful speaker who's going to come up here shortly, but before she does, I want to be uh, uh, joined here on stage by my good friend, Kara Jacobs. So would you give Kara a little round of applause as she makes her way up here? So Kara's going to tell us about something that she got up to this summer. You can grab a stool right there, Kara. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And before we get underway here, we should probably clarify something here. So Kara is wonderful. I've known her for years. Her and my son used to play soccer together. We're great friends with their family. Um, but we probably need to explain to our audience here this morning. Because could you tell everyone your name? It's Kara. <laughs> okay, so she says it the other way. She says it the uh, American way. That's Kara. So, uh, but to me, she will always be Kara. And she's very graciously allowed me to call her Kara at sporting events. That's who she hears cheering from the stands. It's Dave Jane for Kara. So, uh, but it is Kara. So, Kara. Um, Earlier this summer, you were involved in an event called Mission Peoria. Tell us real quickly what that is. So Mission Peoria is an event hosted by Riverside Community Church in Peoria. Um, It's for 7th through 12th graders, and we stay at Riverside for a week. Uh, During the day, we do missions in the morning. Uh, We, like, clean the homeless shelter, or we pack bags for Backpack Peoria. And then in the afternoon, we do Metro Kids, which is like a VBS for kids in the area. And then at night, we have a worship service. Awesome. And you were there for the whole week on this event? Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, and there was a ton of stuff you did, but just that afternoon stuff, the Metro Kids, because tell me a little bit more about some of the areas that you were doing the Metro Kids in. Yeah. So we split up into teams and we went to different locations in like downtown Peoria. There was one and there's one at the Taft Homes and lots of different places. And we hand out flyers and invite the local kids and then they just come and hang out with us. So it's really kind of more to the inner city areas. Some of those kind of. okay, cool. So I'm pulling up my questions here to make sure I don't skip one. Okay, so um, a few weeks ago, as you know, I led a trip to Ecuador and uh, it was just amazing going to this foreign country and seeing, you know, some of the needs in this area. And we kind of expected to see what we saw because we were in another country and another culture. But I saw you in the blend um, after you'd finished Mission Peoria, and we were chatting a little bit about your experience. And you said something kind of interesting about that experience, that although you weren't in another country, in some ways it was kind of similar. So tell me about that. Yeah, it was similar because it was so different. Like, I didn't imagine there was so much need in Peoria right across the bridge from us. And it was really eye-opening to see how much there was. Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel? Obviously, you're working with, you know, these kids and these beautiful kids who we see in the pictures. Um, How did you feel when you started to get to know them a little bit better, hear their stories, hear about some of the challenges that they're facing that maybe you didn't face growing up? Yeah, it was really difficult to hear some of their situations because I couldn't imagine living them myself. Um, There's Kalia up there. Uh, Me and her got really close, and she was telling me about how her real dad's in prison and her stepdad's really mean to her and her brother. And then I also heard through other people about kids who, like, live in the homeless shelters or don't have parents at all, and it's really hard to hear about. Yeah. So despite the fact that you obviously heard some, some difficult stories, some challenging situations... What was it like being with these kids? I mean, how were they with you guys? 
they were the most like fun loving kids I've ever met. Uh, it was the best part of my week. They just wanted your love and they craved the attention that you were there to give them and they were just so fun. Uh, one of the days I took them around on the merry-go-round the whole time. It wasn't me, it was God because I couldn't have done it. <laughs> but, but they just could have done that forever. It's all about the little things for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So just them having that quality time with you guys, you think that kind of made a difference for them? Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question I want to ask. You, you were just with them one week. So it's just one week and then you were gone. Was there any part of you thinking, man, I wonder if this is really making that much of a difference? We're only here for a week and then we're gone. Yeah, it was sometimes you got down on yourself thinking like they, have, they face so much in their everyday life. So like how is this week really going to help them and make a difference? But you just had to keep hoping and praying that like the lasting, the love feeling you left with them from people of God would last with them. And even if they don't remember you or remember what you said, like they'll remember that feeling. Yeah. So in a second, I'm going to explain to our audience this morning why I had you come and share this story in light of what's going to happen. But uh, would you just uh, join me now? I've got to say something. She'd be mad, I tell you. But I was talking to Cara this week. She's like, I'm really nervous. I know. And I was like, she is fan- wasn't she fantastic? Didn't she do a great job of talking this morning? So well done, Cara. You did great. <laughs> so the reason I'd ask Cara if she'd come up, because it's a wonderful story of what God did uh, in and through her on Mission Pure, and I wanted you to get to hear it. But I wanted you also to get to hear it um, in light of our speaker this morning. So... Um, Earlier this year, uh, maybe actually last year, I think, I got to meet Rashida for the very first time. So I was introduced to Rashida by uh, two very great members of Connect Church. Uh, I'm going to call them Mr. Hugh and Miss Sandy, because you're going to find out today that that's how they are lovingly known in this community. But Mr. Hugh and Miss Sandy, they've been a part of Connect Church uh, really since the beginning, but I've known them way beyond the beginning of Connect Church. We go back a long, long time, and they are amazing people. And they, uh, as well as the lives they live, they've just kind of uh, seen that God's given them this, this heart for reaching kids, but especially kids in some, some difficult situations, some difficult communities. They've gone into Taft Homes, some of the inner city areas of, of Peoria, and even here at Connect, there's still some families, some kids that come with them every Sunday or a part of Connect Kids, and uh, they've got a real heart to reach these kids and make a difference. And I've got to be honest, I've been involved in Mission Peoria. I know Cara was. Um, when you're dealing with kids in these kind of situations, there can be times where you, you wonder, is this really making a difference? There's so much that these kids are battling in these situations with peer pressure and just the environment that they're a part of. And you can wonder, I wonder if this is really uh, going to change the lives of these kids. Well, last year they introduced me to an incredible young lady um, whose life has been changed who uh, grew up in this kind of environment, and yet God has this amazing, redeeming story uh, that's taken place in her life. So having had uh, Cara share about her experience on Mission Peoria, I now want you to join me in welcoming our speaker for this morning, Rashida Tiggs. Good morning. Um... Yeah, so I'm Rashida, and uh, me and Dave Jane and Kara, K- 
Kara, Kara. Oh, gosh, now I'm confused. Um, anyway, we met earlier uh, this week, just, just chatting it up at the blend. And yeah, it was just a perfect opportunity just to follow up what she said, just because I am a product of a Taft Home environment where not only just Mission Peoria came in, but Sidewalk Sunday School came in. And those moments of those one days or those moments of those opportunities where you just get to love on a child just for a little moment, um, it affected my life in a way. And it's actually even better because now, uh, just last service, uh, Mr. Hugh and Miss Sandy, they're such a big part of my testimony as well. But there's another woman here, and she's now my godmom, and she is almost the start of a lot of stuff that happened in my life. But before we go there, um, I do want to just tell you a little bit about myself and who I am. Um, like I said, I'm Rashida. And uh, <laughs> I am originally from Peoria, Illinois, but I was born in Chicago uh, to a mother who was on drugs, who uh, had addiction problems and all these things. And, and still to this day, I don't know who she is just because I was adopted. Um, I don't know my father. I don't know. I believe he was incarcerated when I was born. Um, but who knows? My dad could be anybody out there on the street. But God has protected me from that void that needed to be filled. Um, and I believe that happened when I was adopted literally at birth by a Christian woman who raised me in the church. And I was raised in Peoria, Illinois. Um, and I went to New Hope Church, which is now like something else. Uh, but I was raised there for most of my life. And I was raised with my mother. She was a single mom. Um, raised me down in Taft Homes. And I don't know if you guys know anything about the Taft Homes, but... The Taft is a really rough area, um, one of the many rough areas in Peoria, Illinois. And I was just telling the earlier service how yesterday God was just really just throwing stuff in my face about when I was younger. I really never knew how much was in Peoria. Like I knew Caterpillar maybe because it was like right up the block or I just knew something else. But I really never knew anything when I legit like when it comes to like Peoria Heights or like all the good coffee shops or like all the good places to eat in Peoria. I never really knew that because one, I never came out of my neighborhood. I never came out of my hood. I never came out of um, the norm that I knew unless someone was like, picking me up and taking me somewhere. But the other day, just yesterday, I was just in Peoria, just driving around. And it just hit me that so many things are still just up under our noses. And this is just me included, just of how there is so much, literally from one street to another, the difference of lives that we live. When it comes to literally Caterpillar, that's downtown Peoria, you drive two minutes in a stoplight and you're right in the middle of the tapped homes where there's a ton of poverty and there's a ton of just, and I say poverty in the sense of like people, you know, struggle, they, they struggle financially or mentally, there's a lot missing or spiritually, there's just dry, there's a dry well within them. And there's literally just two seconds away, or even like she was saying, over the bridge, you go 15 minutes, 20 minutes over the bridge, and you're in it. And some people, they choose to just turn an eye to it. They see it, and they choose to turn because they don't know what to do, or they don't want that responsibility. And I'm so thankful that that didn't happen to me. I'm so thankful that when I was like eight years old, was it eight? I don't know. I'm talking to her because this is the person that was there when I was a kid. Uh, Miss Crystal, she was there. She was a volunteer at Sidewalk Sunday School when I was eight years old. And I don't even remember how we clicked so well, but we just clicked. And for me, 
and I and I didn't say this in the first service, but I'll say it now, and I mean this in the kindest way. When we're kids, when we're we'll say this, when we're African American kids in a neighborhood where everything is is hard and 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 we struggle with certain things, and I mean this in the sweetest way, really. When we have Caucasian people come in, there's a lot of rebelling against those people sometimes. And that's not, I'm not saying that for myself, I'm saying that for other people, and we all know this to be true sometimes. But when there's God involved, no matter what the race is, that love translates everything. And that's exactly what happened with Miss Crystal. Eight years old. I was winning the bike every year at Sidewalk Sunday School. <laughs> and I think she has something to do with it. But <laughs> when I was eight years old, from now, with Miss Sandy and Mr. Hugh picking me up uh, every weekend, like I feel like it was like every Saturday or something, we would call, they would pick us up, they would drive us to Washington, we would go to Miss Sandy's pottery shop down there on Main Street and do pottery, and they would do Bible studies with us, and they would do all of these things from that time until now. It's because I allowed God to just erase everything that just says that these people don't love you. You know the world we live in nowadays is very racist whether we want to say it or not. And that is not what God wants. He wants love to be translated through Jesus Christ and that's exactly what these people did for me. And it's such a blessing because without them, I legit don't know where I would be. When I was 13 years old, my mom died of breast cancer. And this lady took me in her I still remember it. I feel like it was like four to six months. A little girl from the Taft homes who had experienced people doing drugs, people getting shot, gang bangers, drinking herself, smoking. When my mom died, I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to smoking. I was addicted to all these things, drinking alcohol, all these things at 13 years old. But God, he put Miss Sandy and Mr. Hugh and Miss Crystal in my life. And that's just the love that translated through them. She took me in her home. She didn't have to. She didn't have to. My mom, she adopted me at birth. She didn't have to. These two people, they picked me up every weekend or whenever, how much they could, but they didn't have to. And it was because of God. And I don't know if any of you in here are foster parents or if any of you in here are adopting someone or even thinking about adopting someone, but I tell you, it's an amazing opportunity to take someone out of something that could ruin their life. My life could be totally different. I could be dead. I could have died at birth. I could be addicted to crack cocaine right now. I could be addicted to so many other things, but God, he protected me and he put these people in my life from birth. And no matter what path that I was on, God, he allowed these people to stay in my life to help me to be on the right path. And, and I was thinking of this, what I've become, what I've become in my life now is so amazing because I would never, ever imagine a little girl from the Taft homes in the hood who had a nasty attitude, who had anger problems, who had depression, who had anxiety, who dealt with all of these things would be able to form a sentence, let alone, I don't have anything, nothing is wrong with me. I'm full of health. I may not be the healthiest because of the things that I eat, but <laughs> I'm, I'm healthy from a mother who did crack cocaine. I don't have any learning disabilities. I can, can, I can complete a full sentence. I can do all these things. That's only God. 
and, and God, he can do that in every single one of your families, in your lives, no matter what's going on in your families. Even with her, she went down there and she was down there for this little girl. She speaks so highly of her. And I love it because it's so awesome. Because in New York City, that's the exact same thing that I do. When I was 18 years old, Miss Crystal, she picked me up and she took me to McDonald's and she filled out an application for this internship in New York City. And right now, um, I'm a full-time staff member at a uh, organization by the name of Metro World Child. And um, our founder and our pastor is Pastor Bill Wilson. And I don't know if any of you know him, but he um, he's an amazing man. And I had the opportunity in 2011 to go to this internship and I was just told that I was going to go there and I was going to be with inner city kids from the Bronx or whomever whatever borough and just speak into their lives and that changed me completely and Miss Crystal she took me to McDonald's and my best friend and she filled out the application for us and she made it sound really good like we were involved with ministry and we did Bible studies and we helped teach dance at sidewalk Sunday school and we did adopt a block and we did all these things but I was still deep down inside I was really broken really 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 broken and I got to New York City and I had a very toxic relationship I was depressed I had anxiety I was dealing with all of these things and there was one day we were in class and I literally got into a verbal argument with another student. And we were in class being taught about the Holy Spirit and just how to communicate to kids. And um, my teacher, she called me after class and she said, Rashida, she said, if you don't change your attitude, you'll never make it anywhere in your life. And it sounded pretty harsh, right? At that moment, you're like, excuse me, you know, that's pretty mean, right? But I heard it all before. But in that moment, I was so far away from everything that I knew that it actually resonated with me. And God actually did something that day. And I sat down and I, and she said, Rashida, do not come out of this room until you make that decision. And I sat down. And at this moment, I was done. I was tired with myself. I was tired with everything that I knew. And I said, God, whatever you want to do with me, change me. And at that moment, I became the person that I am now. Seven years ago, I became something that I could never imagine. <laughs> but it's all because I allowed God to do whatever he needed to do in my life. And I told myself that I wasn't going to be a statistic. I wasn't going to do or be anything that this world says that we are. And I'm not just saying that because I came from a hood. I came from rough, rough beginnings. I came from unfortunate situations. No, I'm saying that for anyone. Because you can become whatever God wants you to be. You just have to have a moment of saying, God, I'm willing and I'm open. Because there's just not poverty in Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> There's probably poverty right here in Washington. And I'm not just speaking on financial poverty or not having a home. Spiritually, dead, dry, needing refreshing. Those things exist. Dry seasons in people's lives. Not being able to do for your family what you need to do. Those things, they exist all around us. And I don't know if any of you are dealing with that in your family. I don't know if any of you are dealing with that in your lives. But maybe God is calling you to become something more. 
for those around you, for this church, to serve, to be a children's, to be a volunteer in the children's center. I don't know. But because Miss Crystal and Mr. Hugh and Miss Sandy, they were in my life for so long, they allowed God to allow them to become just complete, humble, and utter servants of the kingdom of God. Because of that, I am a result. All of that time, <laughs> probably long nights of worrying. Mr. He was worried about me last night. Because, <laughs> I, you know, it's that love. But in general, because of that, I am a fruit from their prayers. I'm a fruit from their longevity. And still and yet, I call them my God grandparents because they're the family that I have. She's my godmother. These are the family that I have. And I don't know if you guys are dealing with children in your lives or people in your lives that just make your life hard every single day where you say, God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. God, they're making my life so hard. And I pray and I pray and I pray. And they're still smoking weed. They're still fighting. They're still getting kicked out of school. They're still doing all these terrible things. And God, I don't know what to do anymore. That prayers helped. <laughs> And their prayers worked. And yours can too. And I'm sorry, I'm just up here crying. I'm sorry. I'm really not this emotional in real life. But <laughs> God can put you in a place where you just become something more than you can ever imagine. I never thought seven years ago I would even have the opportunity to be speaking to people about the things that I've been through in my life. There was years ago, I kept my testimony to myself because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I didn't want people to know that my mom was a drug addict. I was a crack baby. I didn't want people to know that I was addicted to so many things. I didn't want people to know about the lifestyle that I had. But that was so selfish of me. Because I kept that to myself without people understanding that God, he can change your situation no matter what you're in and no matter what you're going through. That is what God can do. That is what God can do in that little girl's life. You don't know how long it'll be before you see her again. But I've been in New York seven years. And I have the opportunity to go to their houses every single week. We still have the internship. Every week we go to their houses and we knock on their doors and we talk to their families. So it's not just me popping up randomly. No, I have a relationship with these people. You build relationships with these people so that seven years later you can see them standing on a stage. Talking about what God has done in their life and what he's continuing to do. Those should be the moments that we live for, seeing our children come on out, coming out of, out of curses that have been passed down through generations, seeing our children break free from things that we've been praying for. I was telling someone earlier, I was just letting them know, like, when you go to Ecuador, when you go and do Mission Peoria, these two right here, Miss Crystal's granddaughters, they did that too. <laughs> but when you do those things, you cannot unsee that. When you do those things, when you, got, when you allow God to break your heart for what breaks his, you cannot unsee those things. It's not like when you go home at night, you go to Ecuador and you just sleep okay, knowing that those children are still out there suffering. It's not like when you leave Mission Peoria 
that little girl isn't still on your mind and you worry about her. It isn't like when I'm here in Peoria and my teenagers are back in New York. I'm not worrying about if they're cutting themselves. See, these are the things you cannot unsee. These are the things you cannot forget about. But these are the things, guys, that go on around us. <laughs> and you may not be the person that says, well, I don't have stage presence. I can't preach. I can't do these things. I, I really don't like kids like that. I love them, but, you know, I don't want to work with them. Maybe you can be the prayer warrior. And maybe you can stand in the gap for those people through your prayers. Maybe you can stand in between life and death and intercede and you can speak in the name of Jesus knowing that those people, that those people that you're praying for, they can become something more greater. That was a double negative. Sorry. (laughs) Or maybe you can just honestly just say, God, what is it that you want me to become? Do I need to pray more for my family? Do I need to love myself more so that I can love others around me more? Do I need to go into someone's house and cook them a meal? Do I need to help someone clean their house? Do I need to help someone get into rehab? Do I need to bless someone financially? I don't know what that is. But maybe in that moment, just in that one moment, you can become hope for someone else. You don't know who you talk to when you walk down the street or who you're even sitting next to. Maybe you do know each other, but if you don't, you never know. You never know if right now you could become the reason why someone does not take their life today when all they needed was a smile and a hug and for someone to say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Your life is worth it. Jesus loves you. You don't know, but you could become that. And that is why it's so important for you guys to just seek God today and ever, forever, but today. And to say, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to become? I come to church every week and I sit in this chair and I lift my hands and I worship you and I give you praise and I glorify you and I give my tithes, I give my offering and and I pray every day and I love my family and I do this, but what more is it that you want me to become? God, when is this storm going to be over? God, when is the peace going to come in my life? When is my child going to change? When are the students that I work with, when are they going to act a little different? When are things going to change around me? You could become someone that stands in that gap for those people, for those situations. We all know our world is crazy right now. But maybe some of you, you can become something that can change that. And I don't know what that is. But maybe God is tugging on your heart today and he's saying you could become more. Because a little girl from the Taft Homes that was around, surrounded by gangbangers, surrounded by drugs, surrounded by, and it's still going on, still going on at this moment. What time is it? It's 11.58, Sunday. Still going on right now across the bridge. Still going on in Washington right now in these moments. But maybe God is saying that you can be a Miss Crystal or a Mr. Hugh or a Miss Sandy in someone's life. So then, seven years later, anger addiction, drug addiction, suicidal thoughts, depression, all that is transformed. You could become that person. 
And like I said, maybe some of you, you don't want to be up here. You don't want to have the microphone. You don't want to be in the spotlight. Maybe some of you just want to pray. I ask that you guys do that. I ask that you guys make a prayer list and you pray for those children. Pray, look, look up stories. There's one of the closest people that we know. He just got shot earlier this week. I just want to go visit my friend. He was in prison. He's been in prison for 10 years and some months. Pray for those people. Pray for your family. Pray for your life. Pray for your, your church family. Pray for your pastor. That is what you could become. You could be the prayer warrior, having your own little prayer room. Prayer room too, you know? <laughs> but seriously, guys, I'm just here to let you know, whatever it is that you've been going through, that I'm a living testimony to say that <laughs> a situation that did not seem promising and a situation that seemed it should have went completely left, God turned it around and it went right. And now I'm 25 years old and I'm here standing still in awe that I have this opportunity. But amazed at what God has done in my life. And you guys could, you guys could see the fruit of that in, your, in the next 5, 10 years of your life. I don't know. But if there wasn't hope before, I hope that this just changed the way you saw things. Take a missions trip. Go across the bridge. Walk through your neighborhood. Allow God to just break your heart for what breaks his. And allow him to push you to become what it is that he wants you to be. I'm still fighting this. This still makes me nervous. No matter what people say, I'm, I'm nervous, okay? <laughs> but I'm allowing God to become, I mean, to do something in me so that I can become what it is that he wants for my life. And maybe some of you need to do that. So we're going to pray. And I just want you guys to just seek God this morning and ask him to change situations in your life, but also to push you to become more. Maybe it's just cooking for a family or praying for someone or just doing a good deed. I don't know. But we're going to pray this morning for that. And we're going to lift up Washington. We're going to lift up Peoria because the dominion of the enemy, he is roaming, he is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, he, we have the victory through Jesus Christ, through his blood that was shed on the cross, we have that victory. And today, we just need to stand in a place from victory, in a stance from victory, because it was already given to every single one of you. Every single one of you in this room, you have the victory. You've already won. But then the enemy, he comes in and he lies and he says, no, your family members will never change. The people across the bridge, they will never change. But you already have the victory. Stand in a place from that and just give adoration. Speak it into existence. Let's do it. I'm sorry. I'm a preach. I don't want to know. <laughs> but let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this time today. And God, we just thank you for your awesome mercy and your awesome grace that you have on every single one of us. God, we thank you for the people in this room that have been pouring their lives into those that, that need hope. We thank you for the, the parents in this room that have been giving their everything to their children and sometimes it may seem hard for things to change. God, I just, right now, we just thank you for the people in, these, in this room that have taken someone in their home that, that was in a very, a very not promising situation, oh God. 
Holy Spirit, we just lift up our hands right now, God, and we just give you glory and adoration and praise, and we just thank you for our life. Oh, God, let us not take for granted every breath that we take. Every breath that we take is allowed by you. The breath that we took just now, oh, God, it was given permission by you. God, every time we open our eyes, everything that goes on in our mind, God, it's all allowed by you. So let us not take for granted the God of this universe, the God of this world. He loves every single one of us in this world individually. Everything that was in this world that was created, he loves us as a father. (laughs) And let us just think on that for a moment. The creator of this world, he loves us as individuals, as his daughters and as his sons. God, let us be grateful for who you are in our lives. But God, in those moments where we need an extra push, oh God, in the moments where we need our eyes open just a little more, God, let us be willing and open to that. God, let us be obedient to your word, oh God. If we need to seek forgiveness, let us seek it today. God, if we need mercy and grace, God, let us seek that today. God, if we just need to be reassured of your salvation for our lives, that that one day because we believe in you and you gave your blood on the cross and you gave your life, God, that we will see you one day in heaven, God, let us seek that. God, we just ask as we draw near to you that you draw near to us. God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that today as they see me up here on this stage as someone who was totally different seven years ago, and God has transformed my life completely. God, I just pray that it is an encouragement to someone in this audience today, oh God. And I just pray as they leave here today that you protect them, that you be with them, and God, that you watch over them. God, give them the encouragement that they need. Give them the longevity they need to continue to live this thing that we call life, that you allow God We love you so much, and we're so thankful that you love us, and your love for us will never end. And we thank you that, God, you are relentless, God, that you you have never been defeated, that you have no equal, that you have no rival. We thank you that you are the Lord of Lords, God, that you are the King of Kings. God, we are so thankful for who you are in our lives individually. Holy Spirit, do in us as you will. Let us open our hearts to your word. Let us open our hearts to your, your voice, God. Thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for this amazing church where we can come and we can see healing. Thank you that we can come to this church and we can, and we can just uh, be healed. God, it's a hospital, but it's also a home where we can come as one body of Christ and just lift our hands in fellowship. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for this amazing day. Protect us as we leave out and just be with us as a hedge of angels are walking with us. Oh God, we love you. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Rashida. That was awesome. Hey, right before we wrap up, I want to do something real quickly here. Um, I'm going to ask, and uh, I know they're not going to be thrilled that I asked this, but uh, Mr. Hugh, Miss Sandy, Miss Crystal, would you mind just standing up just for a second so we can all see? Come on, Miss Crystal. Up you get. I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, to honor these wonderful people who have served God the way they've served. But number two, to show all of us, you know, these are just ordinary people. No offense, just ordinary people. (laughs) Nothing special, no different than any one of us. Just following the call that God's put on their hearts. And I know that sometimes we feel that tug on our hearts to do something, and maybe we're stretched and uh, in different ways to serve or to, to minister to others. And it's very difficult when that happens because we don't see the instant results. I think that's what separates the ones who serve God for the long haul is they understand that you don't, you know, 
Cara story at Mission Peoria. It was fantastic, you know, but maybe you didn't see instant results that week, but you don't realize the difference it's making. And having Rashida come and share her story this morning, this is the result of that longevity. And maybe it's loving a neighbor or a friend or being a part of a missions organization, going to Peoria, whatever it may be. Just keep on keeping on. Keep serving God. Keep being faithful because it really does make a difference in the lives of people. I want to finish this morning by praying for Rashida. She's headed back to New York this week. She is doing uh, on the streets of New York what others did for her when she was younger. And um, how exciting to know that she's not just sharing something that theoretically she believes to be true. She's sharing something to these kids saying, I get where you're at. And let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. So let's pray for Rashida. Father, I am so inspired by this young lady, Lord. Just the passion in her heart, the call upon her life, the gifts that you've given her. Father, it really is inspirational to see the change that's taken place in her life, Lord. And from all that she's come from, thank you, Lord, for giving her the courage to share her testimony, to be transparent and vulnerable this morning as she shares the, the lows, the low points in her life, because she's able to use them to reflect the, the, the transformative power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he brought her from such a place to where she is now, and how he can do that with any of us. There are none of us here this morning that are too far from the love of God. There are none of us here this morning that have done too much wrong to take us away from the love of God. Jesus, when you died, it was because you loved every one of us and because you want to save every one of us, no matter how far we've strayed. Thank you for Rashida. Thank you for what she's doing. Take her safely back to New York this week. Continue to use her to impact those kids in those neighborhoods that she loves so dearly. And Lord, I know that she stands here excited this morning, looking back over the last seven years, thinking, I can't believe where I was and where I am now. God, I'm excited because I know that seven years from now, she'll be even more amazed at what you've done in her life. She'll be sharing the same story. Man, I thought it was amazing the first seven years, but now I'm just in awe of how far God has taken me, what he's using me to do. So continue to open those doors, continue to show her clearly the way you have her go, and continue to use her, Lord, to reach people for you. In Jesus' name, amen.